DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is the author of many best-selling books on the theology and spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He holds the St. Ignatius Chair of Spiritual Formation at St. John Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Let's begin the spiritual journey and become aware of those struggles in the spiritual life. Well, as this, we'll call it the journey and the book uh, begin, we start with one of the persons I'm going to call John. And maybe I'll just read a little bit from this just to set up the situation. So John is back home after his day's activity. John looked out the window. Street lamps and windows in neighboring homes lit the darkness of the approaching night. His gaze dropped to the desk before him. There, a few inches in front of his hand, lay the Bible. Normally, at this time, he read from it for 10 to 15 minutes. So we're looking at a person who has obviously a solid life of prayer. And we don't know how long he's been doing this, um, but clearly he has been growing in prayer and now has a daily routine of prayer, which is helpful to him. Normally, at this time, he read from it for 15 minutes. Tonight, nothing in him wanted to do so. Before going any further, have we ever felt that? Here's my time of prayer, the rosary, evening prayer from the Liturgy of the Hours, daily Mass, uh, the various ways that I may pray. I do this faithfully, but here's the time when I just don't feel like I want to do this. No shame, no surprise but be aware of what's going on, be able to name it, and respond well to it. So now John, as he sits there, not wanting to pray in the evening, he thinks back to earlier in the day. For months now, he's been going to daily Mass in the morning before work. This morning, he just barely got himself to church, paid little attention to the Mass, and just wanted it to end. Then John thinks back to his commute home from work. Normally now, his practice is to play a rosary app as best he can as he drives to pray the rosary in that way. But the same pattern is there today. No desire to do it, doesn't put on the rosary app, just listens to music. Seated at his desk in the silence of his room, John grew troubled. Days like today were becoming more common. He was losing something. Something had to change. So here is a man who loves the Lord, is living his vocation well, obviously has a very solid daily life of prayer, which includes daily Mass, the rosary, reading of Scripture. But the energy's gone. Why? What's going on? John doesn't know. Wisely, John meets with Uh, another figure in this book who is pretty central, and that's the priest that I'm calling Father Reed. I I call him Father Reed because I knew a Father Reed years ago who was the kind of priest that uh, we'll see Father Reed uh, to be in this book. Father Reed really is the vehicle of the wisdom of our spiritual tradition. When people come to him with various struggles, he will share that wisdom uh, with them. So John knows that he needs to do something about this, and he 
sets up a meeting with Father Reed, and they meet. And he says to Father Reed, when I came last time four weeks ago, I was really happy. Prayer was alive. Daily Mass made a real difference in the day. The scriptural readings really spoke to me. I felt the Lord's presence when I received communion. I liked listening to the rosary app. And then that time of prayer, those minutes with the Bible, and he's making a, an examined prayer in the evening, has made him happier. It's brought him closer to his wife, Jennifer. They both love what's happening in the marriage. And then he says, but now I feel like I just can't pray. It's frustrating. I know it's. I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it. Now, we won't go through all of this here, but as Father Reed gets John to describe what's happening in his life, we find out that it's been particularly busy. Work has been very busy recently. His wife has had the flu, and so she's needed his extra help with the children. Things have been pretty much nonstop and really busy. And then we get to the nub of it here. To be really honest, though, he said, it isn't just that. Football season has started, and I've been staying up at night watching the games, even reruns when there's no game that evening. Then I watch other things or I go on the phone. Sometimes it's quite late before I get to bed. I shaped this story that way because when I was writing, this football season had just started. What we're getting at is a man who's just not getting enough rest, just doesn't have enough energy. So Father Reed picks up on this and just says, you've mentioned tiredness a couple of times now. What's it like? How's your energy these days? Not good. I'm always tired. Things irritate me more easily and everything weighs more. Also, when I don't get enough sleep, I don't exercise. And when I don't exercise, I don't eat properly either. So as John is putting this into words and hearing himself say these things, Father Reed very nicely says to him, what do you think you need to do? Well, if I got more sleep at night, it would help. And then Father Reed says the following to him, that sounds right to me. And I don't think we should assume deeper problems until we eliminate this one. So that's the starting point here. If we're struggling in prayer, struggling in the spiritual life, take a look first at this issue. What's happening with my human energy? If there's no issue there, then we may presume and we'll go on to look at other things that may be at work on a strictly spiritual level, but we shouldn't overlook the part of the body in the spiritual life. And that's been the vulnerable point, let's say, for John. The body is important in prayer. And that's a, that's a key principle to get down. The body is important in prayer. There's only one human person. We don't just pray with the soul. It's the human person, body and soul, who prays. And therefore, what's happening with the body is important for the spiritual life. And you can see why I said that we start with the most fundamental things. The body is important in prayer and care of it helps a great deal in the spiritual life. So that just amplifies the body is important in prayer and to take proper care of it helps a great deal in the spiritual life. And then an encouraging thought. In a way, it's encouraging that there is no serious problem in your relationship with the Lord and your prayer. And there isn't. John has not become negligent. He has not fallen into sinful habits in some way. It's simply, very foundationally, it's an issue of his bodily energies. Most likely, you just need a better rhythm of life. 
Because work and family are making more demands now, managing your time is even more important. So this is a place to begin. If we find that we're struggling in the spiritual life, we can ask these kinds of questions. You know, how is my physical energy? Am I getting enough sleep? Do I exercise in the way that I need? Does my diet sustain my energy? Now, if the answers to all of these are, yeah, those things seem to be in place and still I'm struggling in the spiritual life, okay, then we probably have a struggle that is more on the specifically spiritual level and we'll be looking at those. But if the answer is that, no, my body is not getting the nourishment that it needs, the rest that it needs, the exercise and so forth that it needs, then that's a pretty good place to start with this particular struggle that we may be experiencing in the spiritual life. Now, obviously, sometimes life just makes demands on our energies. Say that John's wife remains ill for a while, and so things are more demanding at home. Let's say that the pressure at work is going to go on for a while. Maybe some physical issues even arise for John, special need for one of the children, and so forth. And in those cases, obviously, God never asks the impossible. We do the best we can to pray in those circumstances. And do the best we can also to take at least as uh, such care of our energies as those situations allow. I would say actually that kind of tiredness is even holy because it's embraced out of love for one's spouse, one's children, one's marriage, one's work, whatever our vocation might be. But in the ways that it's possible, obviously, it would be helpful to maintain as much physical energy as we can. I'll just mention two things more here. And this is a sentence from St. Teresa of Avila in her autobiography. And she's talking about prayer here. And she says, take care then of the body. So that's the first thing to note before I complete the sentence. Take care then of the body. Here's a doctor of the church speaking about the spiritual life, about specifically about prayer. And she says, take care of the body. Why? Take care of the body for the love of God. Because God loves you and you love the Lord, take care of the humanity that God has given you. Take care of that physical humanity that God loves so much that he himself took it, assumed it personally. All right? Take care then of the body for the love of God, because at many times the body must serve the soul. That's everything that we're saying um, in this particular discussion now. The last thing I'll mention here is I've never forgotten when I made the 30-day Ignatian retreat, and this was just before final vows and diaconate. We had a really inspiring elderly French-Canadian Jesuit who led us on the retreat. One of the things he said was this. He said, for many people, the only thing that they need in order to have a spiritual life is to get to bed on time. 40, almost 45 years later, I still think that's there's a lot of wisdom in that. We'll return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. 
A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Boy, this is such an important point, isn't it, Father, that we have to make sure we take care of our bodies. Because I know in my own particular case, if I could offer this, Father, that when I get stressed out or I have too many activities going on, things are happening around me too fast or whatever that might be, I end up, at least in my particular case, maybe not sleeping well, and I know that I stop eating well. That just can really, really not only be a drag on what I'm trying to deal with in that day, but it just can disrupt my prayer life. Well, it's one of the most helpful things we can do in the spiritual life where that's possible. We paint a scenario here in which John does have contact with the wise priest with whom he can speak when he's struggling in various ways. Obviously, if we can find that, there's almost nothing better in the spiritual life. I think for many of us, the confessional is where we will find at least some of this in a way that can be very, very helpful in the spiritual life. I've often felt that Confession is an underused resource in the spiritual life. If you find a priest with whom you feel that you can be open and who is willing, even if only very briefly uh, in the time that's available in the confessional, to hear you speak about the spiritual life and maybe to offer a suggestion or two or an enlightenment in one way or another, that can be enormously helpful. Now, in other settings, we've talked about other ways in which we can be accompanied Almost the best thing we can do if we want to sustain a life of prayer and a growing spiritual life is to say it negatively, not to be alone, and to say it positively, to be accompanied. Spiritual direction, confession, spiritual friends with whom we can talk about things, where it's possible in marriage, husbands and wives who are not each other's spiritual directors, but spouses and friends in the Lord who encourage each other on the spiritual journey, 
groups and parishes. Now there are all kinds of digital resources and uh, things that are available to us. It's almost the best thing we can do in the spiritual life. From the very beginning, God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And that's not only in terms of marriage and husbands and wives, but it's true of everything in the spiritual life. It just isn't good for us to be alone. In John's scenario, we see that very starkly. What makes the difference for him? He's confused. He doesn't know what's going on. Being able to hear himself, put it into words, and be helped a bit to understand what's going on, that makes all the difference. You can sense that John will leave that conversation with a lightened heart and a sense of clarity. Now, I'm also thinking of young mothers, Father, who may have a certain point in their pregnancy where they feel it's easy to pray, it's good to be with God, I can contemplate things, it's quiet time, and then all of a sudden, once the child arrives, it can be all activity, and what happens in our body, it dramatically changes, and all these things happen And it can affect how we pray and maybe even how we perceive God's presence in our life. We may think to ourselves, boy, he's so far removed from me. He's just not here and I can't reach him. I would say it's exactly the contrary. What's happening is holy and blessed. And there's a struggle in it, sure. But new life One of the greatest things we can ever be a part of cooperating with God and bringing new human life into the world, another person loved by the Lord and called to eternal life. I would just repeat what I said earlier, that God never asks the impossible. We're healthy. Our prayer is going to look one way. If we're struggling with difficult illness and repeated visits to the doctor and treatments and so forth, and our energy is diminished, of course, prayer is going to look different in that setting. We always do the best we can to take prudent, wise care of our bodily energies, our physical humanity. But within that, there'll be things that times, as you're saying, Chris, and maybe circumstances as well, that are going to impact what happens in our prayer. Our spiritual life is not at all diminished because of that. Sometimes you'll hear a person say that that really difficult, dark time in my life, I wouldn't want to be back there. But I do miss something about the immediacy and the heartfelt quality of my prayer. So there's a grace offered even in such times. But again, we pray according to the circumstances in which God's providence has placed us. Our part is to take good care of the humanity as best we can, the humanity God has given us. I think you've said it so well, Father. There's this large umbrella that you've been able to put so many of the circumstances that do affect our body. I just want to make sure, maybe with this particular caveat, that we speak about those elders in our spiritual community, our families. For them, their bodies have changed too. And I've encountered such lovely people who, again, haven't been able to do all the different spiritual practices that they had been able to do for a lifetime because of the limitations of their bodies. And there is a way of entering into this peacefully, this period that has changed. 
and to help guide them. We need to be real gentle with ourselves when it comes to these particular type of limitations too. As you say that, Chris, I'm thinking of a woman I know. She's 94 now and very frail physically. She has good care, which is a wonderful thing. But of course, she can't get to daily mass or do any of the formal prayer that was a part of her life for so long. But when I speak with her, I am always impressed by the the depth of the contemplative quality of her life now. Uh, she'll never complain. And she'll say, as long as the Lord wants me here, you know, I'm happy to be here. And she's one of the many people that I ask to pray for me in my various events, retreats and conferences and so on. And I've always been convinced that her prayer has a special power. It's not formal prayer. It's just now a way of life that is always lived with the Lord. She'll quote that word, Emmanuel, God is with us. And she says, that's the way I'm, I'm living now. And I think that her prayer, accompanied by her physical burdens, maybe maybe almost only God knows, but maybe almost the most powerful resource that in the work that I do. People like that are just great treasures for the church. Prayer accompanied and made out of physical suffering, I think, is uniquely powerful. Hmm. I think, Father, you were just Father Reed to many people out there. Yeah, it's something I've seen at times. One of our priests was like this too, Father Greg Staub. He was just extraordinary. And he was, I think, in his early 50s. He was in the Philippines and had to come back for reasons of health and then was diagnosed with MSA, multiple systems atrophy. And as I learned more about it, normally from onset to death is six years. And as the title says, what happens is one system after another of the body gradually shuts down. And I watched him go through this as long as he was able, doing as much ministry that he was able. He lived, it was either eight or nine years from onset. And the last four years he spent in hospital rooms. I've never seen anything like it. You know how they'll say sometimes that this saint or that saint never complained in times of physical struggles. And I always had a kind of question mark, but in Father Stab, it was real. I never once heard him complain. He would say mass in his hospital bed. They'd put the tray, they put the meals on, for example, and they'd pull that up. There were always people with him, a constant stream of visitors. He would say Mass as he was able, as his motor functions decreased. You'd see him saying Mass with an iPad just touching. And then his practice was after the Mass, he would just leave the Blessed Sacrament exposed for an hour. And again, there were always people there with him. I have some photos of this that he was the other one. This 94-year-old woman that I mentioned and Father Stab. they were the two people of whom I asked prayer, you know, knowing their situation. I have no doubt that there was great power in both of their prayers. Yes, you pray according to what you can do in the real physical circumstances in which we are. Father Stab, I think, fits perfectly everything that we've said, and that is that he did his best to take care of his body. The Lord in his providence allowed an illness, and he lived it spiritually, really in an admirable way. 
there are people that continue to go to his gravesite to pray and to ask his intercession, as I do too. Thanks for sharing that, Father. And I just want to say to those folks, maybe you're like me. Don't forget, it's important. Check your sleep. Make sure you're eating right. Find that balance. Be sure not to eat too many sugars or those kind of things that can drag you down. They're not helping you. And try to examine that as you begin to have these struggles in your prayer first. And that might help you. To be realistic, let's add one more thing in here. That Venerable Bruno Lanteri's Now I Begin, beginning again. Everything human, we get all of that regime in place and we love it and then it falls apart. Mm-hmm. Get it back in place again and continue. Then I said, now I begin, you know, quoting from the scripture. We do our imperfect best, but what's really important is we never get discouraged and we're always ready to begin again. I'm not speaking from a pedestal here. You know, we all know this kind of up and down. The key thing is just not to give up. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. You've been listening to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app. You can also view the video of this presentation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for struggles in the spiritual life, their nature and their remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher.